we all know, no matter how in flow you are, no matter how in tune you are, no matter if you're on purpose, it still requires work and consistency and effort. And like that has never changed. That formula has never changed in terms of creating manifesting, however you want, you know, what term you want to give it the life that you want, right? It's not enough to just imagine it. We've got to put the consistent actions behind it. So, but going back to the question, I think, yes, it's curiosity. I think, yes, it is certainly creativity. I also think, I think there's a boldness to entrepreneurs, Welcome to the Self Love Podcast, the show that helps crack open your heart and inspire a deeper regard for your own well being and happiness. Proudly brought to you by 28 Essentials. Here's your host, the gorgeous Kim Morrison. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. This week we have an extraordinary soul, the beautiful Jessica Perez BB. This amazing woman is a pro athlete, entrepreneur, certified strategic life coach, and is recognized as an expert in mindset, performance, and personal transformation. She works with coaches and exceptional leaders who want to hit their next level of excellence. Her proven proven pro system helps coaches and entrepreneurs adopt the habits, thought patterns, and performance methods used by pro athletes to get consistent results without overwhelm or burnout. Women and men who join her community of next level leaders and seeking a coach and community that holds them accountable, consistently challenged, and dedicated to excellence is what she offers so powerfully. Now, she has trained directly under some of the world's top coaches, including Sean Greeley and Brendan Bouchard, also the amazing Tony Robbins. This beautiful woman is someone who walks her talk, starting out an incredible upbringing with a single mum, a teenage single mum, and perhaps an environment that was not conducive to entrepreneurship, creativity, and getting out of the rut that she could have possibly stayed in. This woman has used her curiosity and her desire to get creative, to create, build, and manifest the life of her dreams. Now, she has coached thousands of women and men for more than 16 years in four different industries. She is known for cutting through the BS to help her clients get pro results consistently. And she has also become a pro athlete herself using these tools, skills, and things that she's going to share with us today so powerfully to go from being 35 pounds overweight to standing on stage winning trophies. You're going to love her insights. Don't have to be a pro athlete to understand the metaphors and the incredible learnings in this, but I promise you this American-based soul is one hell of an incredible soul. I look forward to hearing your comments and feedback on my Instagram page, Kim Morrison 28, my Facebook page, Kim Morrison Training. You can also go to thewellnesscouch.com forward slash self-love podcast. Thanks so much to 28 Essentials for being the sponsor of this show. And also you can find out more about myself at kimmorrison.com. I look forward to sharing another incredible guest with you next week. But for now, enjoy today's show. 
What an absolute delight. What a pleasure to have an incredible entrepreneur and beautiful woman on the show today, gorgeous Jessica Perez-Bibi. Welcome to the Self Love Podcast. Thank you so much, Kim. I am really, really excited to have this conversation with you and to just kind of sink into your audience and your listeners. And I just appreciate the invitation. Uh, Well, you are someone I very much look up to. We happened to be introduced and met through an incredible online summit that you held called the Fit AF Entrepreneur. Maybe before we get into all of the incredible things that you do, could you give us a little bit of a background as to who you are and what led you into where you're doing and what you're doing today? Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, let's see. I have been an entrepreneur now for 17 years. So for 17 years, I've been self-employed. I've started four businesses from the ground up, um, started and sold. So I've actually uh, sold a company that is still thriving today, which just brings me so much pleasure when I think back on just kind of my (laughs) extremely humble uh, background and the fact that, you know, it, it took me a while to step into entrepreneurship. Like I had always had that calling to work for myself. Now, when I say a while, I was 27, which is young to to some people, but that calling had been on my heart for years prior. And I just didn't have the confidence because, you know, I was raised by a single teenage mother and, and, just with that kind of lifestyle and there was lots of struggle, there was no example really of anybody doing anything outside of the box. You know, it was a big deal for me to have gone to college. I was the first person in my family to even graduate high school. So I think that's secondary school, (laughs) depending on what country you're listening in. And so it was really just a big deal for me to have graduated college and to have a good job. And so it was kind of like, how dare I, you know, want more than that? You know, like I should be satisfied with that, you know, look at what I've been able to accomplish in comparison to my surroundings. And But I always had that desire, you know, as entrepreneurs, first and foremost, you know, we're creators, you know, so there's just that, always that pull inside of us. And so when I think back, when I say to you, like, I've built four companies now in 17 years and I sold a company and I just think, wow, you know, it's just, I like, just, it just is a moment of uh, realizing how far you've come (laughs) because you don't get asked those questions all of the time. Um, So when I made that move, when I finally dove in, it was really because of a, 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 a traumatic event in my life, my mother was killed in a car accident and she was 45 years old. I'm actually older than her now, um, than, than how long she lived. And I was just turning 27. And the reason it was so pivotal, 
pivotal for me is I was in a job that I really did not like. And I know, you know, we've heard that story before, but it's, it's the truth. I was in a job that I was making great money and I didn't like it. And in fact, I was being harassed and just not treated well. But every time I went to leave, I was offered more money. And so I would stay. And I had just come off of a trip for my, for my company that same very day back to work is when I got the phone call from my aunt, my mother's sister. And she said, can you come here on your lunch break? Because I worked pretty close to her house. And I went to her house having no idea what I was about to uncover or, you know, discover. And that was the moment that she told me, you know, your mother died today. And it sounds really strange, but what happened is I, I walked away. I went into the, into the bathroom, the restroom, and I start, you know, I kind of was hyperventilating and I started to get sick, you know, physically sick. But in the moment of feeling that tremendous pain and shock, I also heard a voice that said to me, Jessica, you've got to live your life now. Like there was just this overwhelming feeling of, wow, this is how quickly life can be over. And it was less than two months later that I quit my job and went into entrepreneurship. I took a chance on me and I've never looked back. So since then, like I said, I've built four companies. I have in three different industries and I've coached in several industries, health and fitness, which is where I started. Um, I've coached in entrepreneurship. I've coached in life coaching leadership. So I've become kind of known as the coach's coach. And, and really that's kind of what my journey through, you know, personal development and self-love and um, all of that has really taken me to this point today um, where I am now and where we're on this, this interview together. It's an incredible story. And I am so sorry that we endure huge pains and challenges. And that certainly was a pivotal and incredible turning moment. I'm, I'd like to just go back a little bit. The, the part you were talking about, your upbringing, your single mom, your teenage mom, and the environment in which you grew up in, a lot mm. is said about the environment and the meaning we put into it and the, mm. I guess, the limitations that can come with certain environments. Do you think it was always in you, that ability to see beyond the environment, or was it because of the environment that you got to see and imagine beyond it? I, it's a great question, and I have asked myself that so many times. And I believe it's a combination of the two. So it's that nature versus nurture story. Yes. And I believe that there was probably something inside of me, right? Because I, I, you know, I look back at, at the environment and the people uh, that I grew up with, including family members, and it's a really, really small percent, probably less than 1% of us 
who have been able to break that cycle, right? So we weren't just, you know, raised poor and with a single mom, but we were, we were raised with a lot of violence. Um, We were, you know, just embedded in that environment, you know, public housing and, 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 uh, you know, going to the, to the store with, you know, food stamps and sometimes not having electric, you know, I mean, poverty is, is very different in other countries. I know that than in the U S but, we were below poverty level, but, but the biggest strain was really, you know, like you pointed out, environment is so key to, to what we believe about ourselves, what we believe is possible. And so it's, there's not many people who do get out of that, who do see another way for themselves. And, and there's a, a, several reasons that I think I was able, you know, to, you know, that my journey took me to where it has. But I also know that there was something inside of me because I remember as a very small child, I remember so clearly thinking I'm not supposed to be here. I just had this way from a very young age to remove myself from the situation, right? So whatever, now a lot of that is survival, right? What, what does a child do when there's, there's, you know, violence and, and just scary things going on? You, you do find a way to survive, but there was also a part of me that could just imagine another lifestyle, could imagine another life. And I always knew that that is where I was supposed to be. So there was something about me that didn't let my circumstances limit what my future could be. And I think just having that little tiny bit of belief, even, you know, I I don't know how little it was, but just having that little spark of belief and desire for something else is then of course what well, energetically, I believe, starts to attract other things into your space, but also leads you to, to seek different things, right? It, it increases your curiosity in a positive way. It has you make decisions differently. It, it has you take more risks, right? So, so I, I hope I answered that correctly. I, I believe it's a combination of those things. Um, and then, you know, you know, I'm just, my faith is so strong. So I, I do believe wholeheartedly, you know, that there was a greater purpose. Um, and that, you know, just continuing to believe in myself that I, I, I got to tell you, when you can learn how to believe in yourself or it, just practice it, it, things really start to, to turn up for you the people, the opportunities, uh, no matter what situation you're in. And there's so, I mean, on my entrepreneurial journey, just I'm sure as you can relate, have met so many people who are just so successful and who have come from similar circumstances, background as mine, or even worse, not, not everyone, but a, a, a majority. And so I think 
if you have a little bit of that spark in you, then, you know, you, you, that's where your drive starts to come from. And I think it's okay that sometimes our drive comes from a dark place, right? It's, it's that determination to get out of it. It's the determination to do something different, right? To become something different or better, you know, and sometimes it's because you want to prove yourself or all of these things that we label as negative, I believe, you know, can be the motivation in the beginning. And, you know, and because you got to start where you are. And I think there's the beautiful thing that you point out, even if it's not within us, even if the things, the world, the environment is so dark, there is always that beautiful glass half full, that amazing thought that you can see something different. And I'm sure with social media and television, we get such an incredible array of thoughts or processes or beliefs about what is possible. The entrepreneur, so I believe that, you know, as young people, if we're in a terrible upbringing, we can live with hope that one day I won't have to put up with this anymore or one day I will get out of here. But then there's another level again, in my humble opinion, around the mindset and the thoughts that creates an entrepreneur. And you did say the word curiosity and you did say the word creativity. And I'm just curious Mm -hmm. from your perspective, is that are they two key things is what makes an entrepreneur or someone who wants to think differently? Is it curiosity and creativity or is there more? I think it's, well, first of all, I'm going to answer that. But you, what you just said about the social media and all of that, you know, I, 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 well, you know, for you and I, when we were growing up, we didn't have that. So, you know, we had to get that inspiration. We had to be even a little bit more creative with our inspiration um, and our imagination. Now I sometimes wonder if social media doesn't hurt. I I don't know (laughs) Uh, because it can paint a picture, you know, uh, that is a lot. That is not as, is not realistic, particularly, you know, I coach a lot of new entrepreneurs and new coaches. And so I know that, um, it can paint uh, it often, you know, too easy of a, of a picture, right? And, and, and we all know, no matter how in flow you are, no matter how in tune you are, no matter if you're on purpose, it still requires work and consistency and effort. And like that has never changed. That formula has never changed in terms of creating, manifesting, however you want, you know, what term you want to give it, the life that you want, right? It's not enough to just imagine it. We've got to put the consistent actions behind it. So, but going back to the question, I think, yes, it's curiosity. I think, yes, it is certainly creativity. I also think, I think there's a boldness to entrepreneurs, right? I mean, just it's inherent in the word entrepreneur that you are a risk taker, you know, that you are, you're going to take a lot more risk than most people will. And you're often putting yourself out there on the front line, you know? Um, So so I, I think entrepreneurs are, are driven to, to see something through, to create, but create is, is like the word that I keep coming back to. 
I absolutely appreciate uh, your honesty there around the hard work, the consistency, the constantly showing up. How Mm -hmm. do you think someone who's listening to this could apply that, whether they're an entrepreneur or not, whether they're a full-time worker, a full-time mom, a full-time dad, it doesn't matter what we're doing, but in order to manifest any wishes or any dreams or any hopes and desires, it takes, we can't just manifest it in our thoughts. We have to take radical action. And I think that's what I've seen most about you. You're not just about visualizing, dreaming it, aiming for it, but in your humble opinion, is it the doing that creates the outcome? Do you believe in luck and opportunity and timing? Like what is the other elements of the secret source of success? Mm, So good. I love this question. Again, it's, it's a combination of the things that you said. However, none of it happens without your consistent action, effort. Now, it's that, so your consistent effort may not always be a physical action, right? But there's, there has to be a consistency in your thought patterns, right? Like, how do you think in moments of discomfort, right? Where does you, where did, where does your, where do your thoughts go? You know, how do you, what, what's your thought patterns when things don't go your way? What's your thought pattern when, when uh, things are not happening as quickly as you want? Because one thing that Tony Robbins teaches, and I studied under him and and got certified with him as a strategic intervention life coach for a year. One of the, the, the main things that I learned from him and I love so much is that it's your thoughts first. So you're, you, it's what you think that leads to your emotion, right? So whatever you're focusing your attention on, focusing your thoughts on is what's then going to create the emotion that you feel, right? Do you feel um, despair? Do you feel depression? Do you feel angry? Do you feel bitter? You know, what, so thoughts, then emotion, then action. We act or do not act based on our emotions. So if we're stuck in 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 an emotion of, let's say, fear, that's going to impact what actions we take or do not take. So consistency with effort has to do with the effort you put into your mental health, you know, your, your mindset, how you manage your emotions. And then of course the actions that you take, I always use the example of the gym, right? Because everybody can relate to wanting to get in shape or, you know, like I'm going to get, I'm going to do yoga every day, or I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights every day. And you get really excited and motivated and you might give it your all for let's say a month. And then perhaps you're not getting results as quickly as you like. And so then you start pulling back. Maybe you go twice a week. Maybe you go once a week. Then all of a sudden you haven't gone for a few weeks. Well, that is a pattern of inconsistency that of course never gets you to that desired outcome you had for your health, right? Or for your fitness. And so you, you as you know, I'm a pro athlete in the, in the physique 
area, right? So I'm, I'm lifting the weights, I'm doing the yoga, I'm doing all of that stuff on a daily basis. And I'm extremely fit, you know, at the elite level, at the pro level. And guess what? If I stopped doing all the things I'm doing, I would not stay fit. <laughs> I would not keep the athletic body that I have now. And so I think that's, you know, where people really get uh, disgruntled or they start to lose faith in themselves is typically because they quit too soon. And they're not doing the consistent things that get you to that ultimate result. Does that make sense? Totally, totally. And I think this is where so many people, as you say, and we can bring it back to social media, even television, but it looks easy. It seems effortless. We seem to see the highlights real. We seem to see all the great things, not the... The, the entrepreneur up till two in the morning and awake again at 4 a.m. That's right. You just don't see all that. And, and neither, you know, is it important for everyone to share all of that. I understand. But sure. one, one thing that comes up a lot um, with clients or with people or audiences that I speak to, just picture someone who's been through a tough time. They've had a really tough upbringing. Maybe they've had abuse. Maybe they've had all sorts of things. There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of bitterness. How, in your humble opinion, do we manage our emotions when there's such deep-seated fear, anger, bitterness, hurt, whatever it is? People say often, how do you just change your thoughts when all of this has Mm -hmm. happened to me? So what's your thoughts there? It's a decision. It really is a choice because you can stay in the feeling, whatever that feeling is, Or if you don't like the feeling, you really can choose a different thought. So this is something that I have spent a lot of time coaching my children on, and particularly my daughter, because my son is, you know, I share him with his his, uh, biological mother. So he's not in our household full time. he's, He's going to college now. But anyway, with my daughter, Liliana, who recently turned 12, This is something that I've spent a lot of time because I believe it's really important to teach this to our children. So when she is, let's say, feeling an emotion because, you know, something didn't go well between her and her friends. Okay. And so she's really beating herself up or she's really feeling depressed about it. And she's feeling bad about herself. I have always taught her it's okay to feel your feelings, you know, and your feelings are, you know, they're, they're real, they're genuine. And they're often just an, you know, an automatic response that you actually haven't taken the time to, you know, take a breath, stop and assess. Is this the way that I want to feel? Is feeling this way going to serve me in the outcome that I desire, right? So you can analyze. So you can decide to be sad and depressed for 10 minutes or 10 days or 10 months, right? It really is a choice. And, you know, I I don't know that everyone would agree with me on this, but the way that I shift out, so answering that question, like, how can you just get out of that 
thought so quickly or that emotion so quickly when things are going so bad is because I focus on the future. Now, I understand that some people might say, well, that's not living in the present moment. Well, I can decide at any given moment what I want my present moment to be. So in the middle of feeling all of that pain and suffering and depression, if I just allow myself to stop at some point and say, okay, how do I, right now I feel depressed, but how do I want to feel? Well, you know what? I want to feel hopeful. Okay. So in that moment, just asking myself that question, I've changed my present moment simply by asking myself where I want to go. Where do I want to go with my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my goals, whatever, my outcome? And once I decide where I want to go, hey, and some people might decide they want to stay in that emotion, and that's okay too. But you have to realize it's a choice. It is an absolute choice, and we always have power over our choices. We always have power over how we're going to feel in any given moment. Beautiful, because so many of us think it's what happens to us as opposed to how I respond to what's happening around me. And I think that that's is a real amazing aha and epiphany that we can all have. Things can happen. Tragedies do occur. Sadness is out there. Challenge is always upon us. But if we can actually think about the way we think about those situations And I think you're absolutely right, Jessica. There is nothing more powerful than feeling the emotion. One of my coaches said to Mm -hmm. me, you have to feel it to heal it. And so, and I think what you're saying is it's not about burying the thoughts, feelings, and emotions. It's about honoring them. And the moment we honor that life sucks or it's not going well or whatever, we're already on the pathway to healing it. So I, I really appreciate that. Let's let's shift gears then into you're a mum, you're a businesswoman, you're a coach, you're an incredibly successful uh, entrepreneur in her own right. And all of this has taken a lot of work, effort and commitment. And I just want to acknowledge you for that. But I also want to say to you then, being a coach also puts you into a place of you need to walk your talk. You need to That's be right. an example. So is being a coach a wonderful way for you to keep yourself accountable to your hopes, goals, and dreams? And if so, what do you do to keep yourself in the work? Absolutely. Literally everything you just said about that, it sounds like it came right out of my mouth <laughs> because it is something, you know, in my coaching academy with our, with our clients, that is, that is one of my foundational principles is you cannot go out and coach anything that you, you know, coach into anything that you are not doing, right? So if you, if you are coaching clients, for instance, you don't have a business if you don't have clients, right? So if you're on a, let's say, a potential call with a potential client, if you are expecting people to invest in themselves by hiring you because you know that coaching and mentorship and all of that helps us to progress 
far quicker than we ever would on our own, and I believe that wholeheartedly, then you also need to be investing in yourself, right? If you're talking about a certain lifestyle, if you're promoting a certain lifestyle, you better be out there living that lifestyle as well. So I believe for sure that coaching holds me accountable because I am one of those people who I, I really believe strongly that I need to be walking my talk. I, I would never talk what I don't walk. Let's put it that way. So guess what? That doesn't make it easy. <laughs> it means that I've constantly challenged myself. And listen, it doesn't mean I challenge myself always to hit bigger goals, you know, because I have a lot of those markers at different times in my life. It means I'm challenging myself to have more self-care or I'm challenging myself, you know, to, um, you know, build in more downtime, you know, because, because those are the things that I realize that are necessary at the level that I have now gotten to. Right. So we're at different levels in different stages of our life and career. You know, there's nothing that drives me more crazy than the new business owner who wants to be working the five hour work week and making multiple six figures. And it's like, you've got to put in the time for that. You've got to earn that. You've got to build up to that. At, you know, you don't need to be, uh, you know, going to the spa at this point when you're not making any money, you don't need to be going to the spa, you know, five times a week. So, so what I'm saying here is, yes, it has you self-reflect on a regular basis when you are a coach. And it also means that I keep myself um, invested. So I am always investing in my personal personal development, in my professional development, in my spiritual growth, in my business. I always have a business coach. I have a spiritual mentor. I've hired coaches for parenting. I've hired uh, coaches, you know, for marriage. I've done it all because I believe in coaching so much in the relationship of coaching. I believe in it so much that it's a priority in my life. And so, yes, it does have you hold yourself to a higher standard. And as a coach, you better be walking your talk or, you know, people can, people can smell the, the, the fakeness, the hypocrisy. And I mean, that's, that's just not going to, that's just not going to play well. You can't get into coaching for the money. You know, you've got to get into uh, uh, this. If you're going to be a coach or, you know, any type of service based business, if you start out with money being your, your, your priority, eh, it's going to be, it's going to be uphill road because that's not a strong enough. Why? Because, because you could do a million other things to make money quicker. Right. So it's not a strong enough. Why? to really keep you in it and keep you growing and keep you at your best, right? Like my pro coaching Academy is about creating coaches who are pro setting you, you know, apart from amateur versus pro. So if you're going to do it, you, you, you should aim to be the best. 
I love it. And that applies to anything in life. Do whatever you are doing and do it in the best way possible. And I think what I can hear from you too is that it's so important to keep accountable to the to the determination, the will, the desire to get the outcome, but also to keep yourself in the work. I'd love to know then, it's pretty much simple to me that it's an analogy for, like you just said, fitness, health, and wellness. You can't go to the gym once, you can't do this. And yet so many don't appreciate that health really is our greatest asset. I believe self-love is the foundation, but health is our greatest asset. And so for you, becoming a pro athlete, that's taken a hell of amount of work, determination, focus. Talk us through a little bit about that side of your journey and how you got to stand on the podium. Well, thank you for that question. Here's what's really Here's what I think would really serve your audience. So I'm going to answer it this way. I never set out to be a pro athlete. So when I think back and I've shared my before and after photos so many times, because I I believe it's so important for us as coaches, as leaders, as women, first and foremost, that we really are, are candid and vulnerable and honest about the journey, whatever that journey is, but also about like where we started. You know, you mentioned social media earlier and I'll tell you, 90% of the people posting on social media are posting only their highs. They're posting only their wins. They're posting only the greatest looking photos of themselves, right? And they're not sharing all of the other stuff that actually is way is about 90% more of the time. Right. And so when, so I always share my before and after photos and, and this, the, the particular photo that I share is a year before my mother, two years before my mother died, I was living such a mediocre life. And when, when I, have thought about it over the years now on the other side of it, I know that it's because I wasn't fulfilling what my desires were, right? I wasn't out there creating what I thought I could create. So I was in, you know, working in in a company that I didn't like. I was also spending time with, with people who really didn't have my best interests at heart. You know, I was staying out late. I was drinking. I was smoking cigarettes. I was about 35 pounds overweight and I'm a tiny person. (laughs) If you happen to go and look me up online, you'll see I'm a very small person. Um, And so, you know, 35 pounds overweight for me, you know, could look like, you know, maybe, I don't know, 60, 70 pounds overweight for, you know, an average person. Anyway, um, So that was about what, 25, 24, 25 years old. And when you, when you are an entrepreneur and, and even if you haven't started that journey yet, or let's say not even an entrepreneur, if there's something that you really desire to do in your life, 
but you're not doing it because you're afraid of what people will think. You're afraid that you will fail. You're afraid you're not good enough. It's all fear, right? Which is the opposite of self-love, you know, which is the title of your, of your podcast. When you are stuck in that, you start to self-destruct and you don't even know that you're doing it. I didn't know that I was self-destructing until I reflected back on it. And when I look at the pictures, I can see not because of the weight or the bad skin from the bad food, but I could see in my eyes. And so what happened for me is I started to have this desire and, and, and nobody in my family was healthy. You know, there was type two diabetes. My mother was a smoker as like, it was just, you know, all of those textbook things. I started to pay attention to women that I met who were much older than me. And I noticed how healthy they were. I noticed how vibrant they were. And again, there was this little spark inside of me, this little curiosity, like, well, well, could I be healthy? You know, could I, could I look like that at that age? Like I you started to have that little question inside. And so for me, the journey to becoming a pro athlete, by the way, I did not play sports in high school, did not play sports in high school. And my family is, is, is Latin. We, everybody was born in Puerto Rico. I was the first to not be born in Puerto Rico. So, you know, I was, Second was that first generation, second generation. I, I'm not sure, <laughs> but that wasn't something that was encouraged for women. So even though I was athletic, it wasn't encouraged in my environment. And even, even academics wasn't really supported. Right. So, so that's what happens a lot of times in environments. You know, if you're not exposed to those things, you don't even know that you have that ability Right. So you don't even know that you have those natural abilities and that inclination, you know, as a child, if no one, you know, really exposes you to it. And so here I was. And for those of you listening, if you know, like you have you've had this little pull to do something, to write a book, to maybe, uh, you know, get on stage and, 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 and be a speaker or any, any little desire you have inside, but you're, you're doubting yourself because you're like, wait a minute, I've never done anything like that. Or nobody in my family has. What I want you to know is if you have that little thought, then that means it's possible because God would not place that thought in your mind, in your heart, you wouldn't be thinking about it over and over again, more than one time, unless it is something that is possible for you. Right. And so those little, the, the, those little seeds are planted, but we're the ones that have to grow them. And so in my little curiosity, I started to imagine and this is a lot of where mindset and, and visualization comes into play, which I became masterful at once I realized, wow, first, I just got to be curious about it. Then I can start to visualize it. Then I can believe in myself. And once I can believe in myself, then I can start to talk in a more positive way to myself about these things. And then 
because I'm thinking positive, remember the thought is first, then my emotions are more positive around it. And then I'm taking actions that align with that. So once I got that, I just said, you know, I'm just going to, I'll start with uh, going to the gym and exercising a couple times a week. And then I added something else. And then I added something else. Little things every single day. I didn't do anything extreme, Kim. I literally just started doing little things every day. First of all, I quit smoking <laughs> and, and going to the gym. Actually, I quit smoking after I started going to the gym because I realized I couldn't breathe well when you're smoking cigarettes. And then, you know, all of the other things. Okay, I'm not going to go and meet, you know, at the bar at 11 o'clock at night you know, after I get off of work and then drink and eat bar food until two or three in the morning, you know, so then I removed that one habit and then I added another habit and then I started eating more fruits and vegetables. And then I started going to yoga. Well, before you know it, one year later, I was like, oh, wow, I've lost 20 pounds. I feel great. And then you get the motivation to start dreaming even bigger for your health and your fitness. Okay. That started back at age 24, 25. I did not become a pro athlete until I was 43 years old, 43 years old. So I got into the fitness space. My second business was, I started, I, I, my first business was a, a sports massage practice. And then because I had really gotten into fitness and then I moved into the personal training space and that grew. And, and then I, and, and then I started a gym and then I grew my fitness center into two new locations and et cetera, et cetera. So every year I got more immersed in health and fitness every single year, you know, became a nutritionist and all of these different things. They just started stacking based off of the small things I was doing every day, based on the visualizations I had for myself and just the commitments to those things daily. And then before you know it, I was at someone's suggestion, one of my employees at the time, because I really felt like I was working a lot and I wanted a challenge for myself um, in fitness, had suggested that I compete in this new division in bodybuilding this bikini division that is more feminine, et cetera, et cetera. And that was, you know, I was 37 when I got on stage for the first time and I had no idea that I would do so well and went to nationals and, and all of that stuff. And then, and then became pro. So that's a super long answer to your story only because I'm hoping that those of you listening can feel the energy of what it takes and that it doesn't always need to start with the great big vision because I, I don't think at that time I ever could have set a vision for myself to be a pro athlete. I really couldn't have. But all I did was start with, I want to be healthier. I want to look vibrant at the age of these women. You know, like 20, 30 years from now, I want to feel really good about myself 
I don't want to be on all this medication that my family's on. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to still be smoking cigarettes. And like, so it started with just this kind of little glimpse of the future. And then, and this is where what a lot of people forget, this is what performance comes down to is zoom down, zoom out from that big vision and then just say, well, what are those, what are the things I can do right now? One or two things every day. And once you start doing those things consistently, you start to see results, whether that's in your body, whether that's in your relationship that you're trying to repair, whether that is in a business that you're starting, whether it's a book that you're writing Whatever it is, it's those little things you do every day that end up equating to these big results and wins that you might not even have imagined for yourself. And that's really the way that life unfolds, isn't it? Oh, it's incredible. And I just love the fact that I think so many entrepreneurs and creative types and big vision mums and dads, they just, they, you know, it's a great reminder to not just think about the big picture, the end picture, but what can I do right here, right now? And I really value that, that insight. And I'm curious then if you believe that it's the little things you do each day then that truly is an act of self-love. So really, in order to do these things, yes. we have to love ourselves enough to do these little things daily. And if that's the case, what is your definition of self-love? I would say first and foremost, um, taking care of yourself. You know, and you, those of you listening, you know what it feels like to take care of yourself, right? So whether that's with the food that you eat or the exercises that you do or the downtime that you give yourself or speaking up for yourself, using your voice or not over committing, right? All of those things that is, it's, is very easy for a woman to do or to neglect. Um, I would say when you start to set those boundaries and decide I'm going to take care of myself. Right. So when I made that decision to stop smoking, it was my, it was a, it was an act of self-love when I decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to, I'm going to learn yoga. I'm going to, you know, eat fruits and vegetables for the first time. <laughs> it sounds silly now coming from someone, you know, in my, my lifestyle and, and my career, my sport, but at those moments, that's all it was, was it was a decision in that moment to take care of myself in some way. So I would say that second, believing in yourself, believing that you can, no matter how long it might take, even if you don't know how to do it yet, because listen, if there's something you don't know how to do, never let that stop you because there's somebody out there who can teach you how to do it. Trust me on that. So believing in yourself, you know, just believing that it's possible for you. So like, I'll be writing my first book this year and, and Kim just had, is having tremendous success with your book and such an inspiration to me. But in order to take that step, you got to believe that you can do it. 
before you've even started to do it, right? You've got to believe before you make that decision. And then I want to say one of the most important things for self-love is you got to forgive yourself. You got to forgive yourself. You're going to make mistakes. Sometimes you might make a fool of yourself. You're going to get it wrong. You're going to have bad days. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so many layers to life. And if you can forgive yourself, laugh at yourself, you know, just cut yourself a little bit of slack, then you'll get back into the game way quicker. You'll get back into the game way quicker. You can't sit on the sidelines crying your eyes out, you know, about the missed pass or, or, or whatever it is, you know, in your life or in your business or in your relationship, you got to forgive yourself and believe in yourself, take care of yourself. Those three things. Powerful, very powerful. And is this something that you, you know, radiate with your daughter in particular in your relationships? Like it's really about walking your talk, as you said, but being the example, is that the best way to be rather than trying to be something you're not? Obviously it's important. We are ourselves, but sometimes those days we're not great, are we? So how do we teach that? Uh, No, it's true. I know. I love that you're asking that because I had a conversation with someone about this recently in a mastermind. Well, there was a group of us and this particular gentleman, God, this is such a good question. This particular gentleman, because he's, you know, his, they are divorced when his son is with him, he was really feeling the pressure to make everything perfect and, you know, to let his son, you know, just do what, whatever he wanted and to not have anything, anything go wrong. And, you know, he asked for support and he asked for feedback from those of us who are parents. And, you know, my feedback was, you know, you could really be doing him, even though your intention is so beautiful and loving, you could really potentially be doing him a disservice because you're painting a picture to him that life is always perfect and that things always go well. If you're, if you're not allowing it to just be normal and natural when he's with you, you know, not Disney world when he comes to visit dad on the weekends, um, you know, that's really confusing. You know, I, I, I let my daughter see me make mistakes. You know, I lose my temper. You know, sometimes my husband and I have disagreements in front of my, in front of my kids, where in the beginning I would be really nervous about that, or I'd beat myself up about it. But now I realize, wait a minute, they get to see us remedy the situation. They get to see us forgive ourselves and forgive each other. They get to see us work through it. They get to see real adult life. And so forgiving yourself to me is a part of that you know, is, is I'm really, I, you know, I'm open with my daughter around that type of thing, because otherwise I I just, I don't want her to get to a place where she thinks, and I've seen this with other friends, well, I never saw my parents fight. So I thought, you know, for sure something was wrong with my marriage because, you know, we were having arguments. And so, you know, not everyone's going to agree with that, but that's one of the ways that I, I believe I emulate that forgiveness of self. And you got to start with forgiveness of yourself if you're ever going to forgive others. 
Um, but that's one of the way in my households. And I say that to my daughter all the time in this family, I don't care how mad we get at each other. I don't care what we do to upset, offend, or wrong one another. We always forgive. We always forgive and we're always going to work it out. So you never have to fear if you see dad and I arguing, you never have to fear that that's going to lead to, you know, something else. We're always going to work it out, but we're also sometimes we're human. We're going to be in the moment sometimes. I think that's what makes us so real. And I think our children, our partners, our business can give us a lot of content to share with people as well. There's so many times when I've had oh, remarkable yeah. challenges that has given me content, I tell you. Um, oh. thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, you have trained under some incredible coaches and Tony Robbins was one of them. Have you got any mm-hmm. insights into us, into his world and who he really is? Is he really as amazing as everyone makes him out to be? I mean, I can't claim to be a great friend <laughs> or even a friend at all. It was, you know, very much a coaching relationship in a big group of students. Um, I've learned a good amount from him. I also trained really closely um, under Brendan Burchard and in a more intimately. And I can say that, you know, and, and so he's he's in performance coaching and personal development um, and I can say for sure he is just a wonderful person. I'm not saying that Tony isn't. I just don't know him at the same level um, as Brendan Burchard. But yeah, they're just two of the incredible coaches that I've had the pleasure and honor of of learning under. Yeah, and they're pretty amazing. And and still to this day, what I find so extraordinary about those two men as well is they're constantly learning, growing, developing, and always sharing more knowledge, which I think is the part of the growth element that you're talking about. Look, sweetheart, I know that you're you're incredible. You're on the road heading to. I am. (laughs) Where where are you heading to just out of interest? Here's, Here's what's interesting. I'm driving to a client who lives four hours away from me and we, she actually found me online, but we're having a um, VIP day. So I'm going and I'm checking into a hotel and then tomorrow we're going to spend some hours together um, getting her new business started. So that's, I'm on the road to that. (laughs) How amazing. I love this about you. Which is Kim, by the way, and and to the audience, that's why I've been probably so long-winded. You know how when you're just driving? Oh, no, I don't think it's long-winded. The There's road. so much incredible. No, you've got some real juice in all of these. We very much appreciate it. I'm. I know we. I know we're coming to the close, and I just you and I could talk for many, many, many hours yeah. and long, long times. But if there was a way that people could connect with you or follow you or be a part of your incredible world, would you? mind sharing with us how we can get to you? Yes. So uh, first, everything for me online is Jessica Perez BB. So you can go to Jessica Perez BB.com. And should I spell that Kim? Or I don't know if you have a link or anything like that, but um, Perez BB. Okay, great. So, and I have a blog there. If you're a coach, it's the coach's blog. So I, I, but there's a lot of stuff on 
business and personal development. So if you want to go there and then I'm on Instagram. So my personal Instagram is Jessica Presby, And then my new Instagram page for coaches is I am coach Jessica. I am coach Jessica. So, but just go ahead and you, you'll find me under my name everywhere. Yeah, I love it. And I, where are you based exactly? I am now in Washington State. So I am, I'm from Wilmington, Delaware, um, and the Philadelphia area, which is on the eastern shore of the United States. And now I'm way on the other side of the country um, and ha- did, you know, four or five years of travel um, while working online, living in the Caribbean and Mexico. Mexico. And so I've, we've bounced all over the place, but now we are settled in Washington state, uh, in the Columbia Gorge area. And it's just beautiful as, as I'm sure it is where you live, Kim. (laughs) Yeah. Mountainous and greenery. And we just love it. We're outdoors people. So (laughs) I love it. I love it. You know, one of the things that I found so fascinating about you and following your journey is your absolute desire to live your best life. And no matter what Mm. is going down, no matter how it's happening, what I really love about you is your belief that everyone has the right to have the same access to living their best life. And so even if you never get the opportunity to be coached with Jessica or you even don't want to become a coach, her blogs, her knowledge, her posts, they're very inspiring. So I urge you all to follow this extraordinary soul. She is at the cutting edge of understanding how people can get the best results consistently. And what I also love about you, my love, is your realness. So I just want to thank you for (laughs) honoring just how bloody tough it can be sometimes, how challenging it can be, how many times we can scream and yell and lose our shizzle at times, but also how we keep bouncing (laughs) back. So I just want to say thank you. As we come to a close, my love, what would be your final message to the Beautiful Self Love podcast listener? I mean, they are someone who is striving to be better. They love hearing stories and from people like yourself, but they're also, you know, they may be going through a challenge. They may be pushing. They may be flirting with the idea of entrepreneurship. Is there a final message? And then do you have a final quote for us? Oh, you know, I think I'm going to share a quote with you that is also going to be my final message. And the quote, my goodness, who I'll tell you right now, I'm sorry that I can't give credit is slipping my mind who this quote comes from. It's not from me, but it's just as powerful. And the quote is, if you do not change direction, you may end up where you are headed. So if you do not change direction, you may end up where you're headed. And so just think about that. If you are going in the direction that you want, great. But for those of you who recognize wait a minute, I'm not going in the direction I want. Then you get to decide, am I going to change directions now? Because if I don't, I'm most likely going to end up somewhere I don't want to be. And so if you decide that you do want to change directions, your next question is, what's the first step? What's the first step? Mm -hmm. 
And it could be a very small step. Most likely it is, but it could be a big step. But it's up to you to decide. Yeah, Yeah. I think this, it comes back to what you said in the opening. It comes down to a choice, the choice to change, the choice to look at a new way, the choice to have a new belief, a new outlook, a new perspective. And even if it's nothing else, a new belief that things can get better. That quote I just looked up for you is actually from the famous Lao Tzu. Oh, Lao Tzu, that's it. Oh, thank you so much. As soon as you said Lao, it it came back to me. Yeah, beautiful (laughs) quote. Gorgeous girl, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for driving with us to your amazing (laughs) client. You You are one hell of an inspiration, one incredible woman, and I cannot thank you enough for sharing your pearls of wisdom with the Self Love Podcast listener. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much, Kim. And much love to you and your audience. Thanks for listening to the Self Love Podcast. Be sure to write a review and share the love with your friends and family. And head over and visit Kim and her team at 28.com. That's the word 20 and the number 8.com. Take good care. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.